Hey, my sisters, this is Ola Davis with another episode of When Marriage Hurts podcast. So this is episode five and it's going to be the first part in a series of podcast episodes, I guess I should say. Um, It's going to be interesting and I want to encourage you to stick with um, the all of the series okay so the topic of this one is is a husband superior to his wife yes so we're asking the question is a husband superior to his wife and we're not just going anywhere for answers we really don't care what the world has to say we're going straight into the word of god to um find answer to find um, uh, an answer to this question because where where else should we go to find this kind of answer we know what society has to say we know what the church's answer is we know what our pastors have to say about this this topic or this question but we're going to take the time to go into God's word and see what God himself really has to say. After all, God made husbands, he made wives. So we're going to see what he has to say and really know the mind of God concerning this topic or question. So like I said, it's going to be probably a two or three part series. I'm not sure at this point, um, but we're going to be taking our time to really, really unpack this topic. So this is part one in a series of, I don't know just yet. Okay. (laughs) So just sit back, relax, and you will be surprised what you will find out. I had fun studying this topic and I'm sure that you have fun with me as we talk about it as well. So sit back, relax, and get comfortable And let's dig in. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. Yes, so this is episode five. Um, and this is one episode where we're going to be shaking tables for real. Um, so you probably listen to the theme music, um, that part where I say, let's shake some tables and you might've been wondering, well, in the past four episodes, there hasn't really been any shaking of tables. Well, believe it or not, we are going to be doing that in this very episode. So when I first thought of what to um, call the title of this episode, I was first going to call it, Is a Man Superior to a Woman? 
Um, but I decided not to do that. I said to use the words husband and wife instead. So is a husband superior to his wife? Because, hey, you know, when um, when this topic is discussed, there are people that would say, oh, of course not. A man and a woman are equal, blah, blah, blah. But when you come to the institution of marriage, they begin to backtrack, right? They start to say, well, you know, in marriage, it's kind of different. Um, and they they start to say something entirely different. So that's why I'm like, why not just hit, you know, why not just hit on, on the real point instead of beating about about the bush why not just say is a husband superior to his wife okay so we're gonna go to the very beginning i mean to answer this question i mean it it kind of depends on who you want to ask is a husband superior to his wife you could decide to ask your parents this question you could decide to ask your friends you could decide to ask your pastor you could decide to ask your christian marriage counselor you could decide to ask a theologian but i'm thinking why not just go straight to the word of god you know why not let's go to let's go directly to god if he's the author of marriage then let's ask him this question directly um, you know, people say quite, people do say things like, well, who are we to question God? I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. I question God. I, I love to ask God questions. You know, God is not like, um, God is not like your school teacher. I don't know if you had ever had a mean school teacher, but most people have had at least one mean school teacher in their lifetime where you ask a question in class and they just look at you like, really, are you that stupid? Well, God is not that way. <laughs> God is not that way. And maybe some of us had parents that when we ask them difficult questions, they just give us this flat answer like, well, because I said so. God isn't that way either. God really wants to help us answer our questions. So why not let's go to God and ask, attempt to answer this question is a husband superior to his wife forget about what culture says forget about what you know your geo said forget about what your mommy pastor said let's just go to the word of god ourselves and see what's in there right okay let's get started book of genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says let us make man in our image and this is the new King James Version, by the way, it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the hair, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Ladies, I have to tell you that I had some fun studying this topic, actually. I, I actually had some fun studying this because I have always believed that men are not superior to women in the eyes of God, regardless of what culture teaches us, regardless of what we've been programmed with, regardless of what religion tries to teach us. I've just always believed that before God, in Christ, there is no 
um, there is no male or female and we are all one in Christ. Um, but it's not something that I had done an in-depth study of until now. So I, I really had a lot of fun studying this. Anyway, so um, yes, so Genesis one twenty six, very interesting verse there. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and we're not going to be unpacking every single thing on this episode. Uh, we're just going to try and stick to the topic. So when he says, let us make man in our image, the word man in that verse in the Hebrew, it's Adam or Adam. I'm not sure how to say it correctly, <laughs> but I think in English, they just call it Adam. Um, some people call it Adam. Anyways, whatever you get my drift. It's Adam. Yes. So I did look it up in the Hebrew. Mm-hmm. The word is Adam. So this might not have occurred to you, but Adam isn't really like, it's not like a general name. It's, it's not like a, um, I shouldn't say general. It's not a regular name. So the way you would have James, John, Adam, no, Adam was not, I know these days it's like a boy's name, but it wasn't a general name. It's, it's really like the Hebrew term for man. And when I say man, that's non-gender specific. So it's like mankind or human beings. Interestingly, this same verse in the New Living Translation of the Bible, it says, let us make human beings. It doesn't say let us make man. So that's a more accurate, that would be a more accurate way to translate that word other verses in other uh, verses and chapters in the book of genesis when people see adam they they it's if you're not aware you might think oh that's just a name that maybe <laughs> god christened him or gave gave the man or something like that but it was not a regular name it, it's adam is the hebrew word for mankind, man, mankind in general, whether male or female. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. And this word Adam is from the root word Adama or Adama. I think I'm just going to stick with the A, Adama. Okay. <laughs> if you're an Hebrew scholar, please forgive me. Okay. I, I don't speak Hebrew. Um, so it's from the root word Adama, which means hurt or ground. You know, the man was formed from the earth. So Adam is from the root word Adama, which means earth or ground. Okay. So we're, we're kind of, um, building something here. So when, when we read that verse, let us make man, it wasn't talking about it wasn't talking about, it was just talking about human beings in general. It was just talking about man, woman, um, yes, so it wasn't talking about the male man. Let me put it that way. It was just talking about mankind in general. It says, let us make man in our image or let us make human beings in our image. So that tells you that as women, we are also made in God's image. Okay? 
Do not let anybody tell you that you're just a tiny little piece of bone that came from the side of a man. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself here. That's something that we'll be unpacking in in subsequent episodes. But I just want to establish this foundation that when God said, let us make man in our image, he was talking about mankind in general or human beings, if that's a, if that's a preferred term. So Adam was not a regular name. It was a generic term for mankind. It was not gender specific. All right. I think I need to move on at this point. <laughs> now, the Hebrew word, someone might be asking the question. So if, if Adam referred to human beings in general, like mankind, and not just a male man, um, is there another word for a male man in Hebrew? Yes. The Hebrew word for a man, when I say man now, I mean like a male, is ish. And the female word, um, the Hebrew word, excuse me, the Hebrew word for a female woman is isha. So we see this in Genesis 2.23, where God had formed the woman and Adam sees her and, you know, is he starts this monologue and he says, she shall be called, I'm paraphrasing now, he says, she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Now, when I looked up that portion of scripture in the Hebrew, it literally says, she shall be called Isha for she was taken out of Ish. So it's kind of interesting that in Genesis 1.26, when he says, let us make man in our image, man in that text was not ish it was adam but when um adam looks at uh, at his wife and says she shall be called isha for she was taken out of ish you know that that just um also points to the fact that genesis 126 was talking about mankind in general it wasn't talking about the male man okay so let's keep it moving. I'm trying to build the case here for, you know, whether or not uh, men and w- women are equal or if a husband is equal to the wife or not. All right. So we move on to the next verse. Genesis 1 verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. And again, man here is still Adam, from the root word Adama, which means hurt. So it's not talking about a guy here. <laughs> it's just talking about human beings in general. So it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. I'm just going to stop there for a moment. In the image of God, he created him. Now, if people want to... um there's a word that comes to mind now, but I, I don't want to use that word. It's not PG-13. Anyways, but uh, when people really want to try and poke holes into the word of God and try to mold it to fit into their own narrative, they're going to say something like, oh, yeah. So it says that in the image of God, he created him. So he was talking about a man there, not talking about human beings in general. Well, that's interesting. Um, cause I kind of checked the Hebrew as well and saw that 
it doesn't actually say him. It doesn't use the pronoun him in the Hebrew, which is kind of interesting, actually. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read or attempt to read from the Hebrew of Genesis 1.27. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit awkward because I'm not exactly reading the Hebrew. <laughs> I don't speak Hebrew. Um, neither do I read it, um, able to read it. Um, so what I'm going to be reading is, I believe it's called transliteration. Anyways, the, the terminology doesn't really matter. What I'm going to be reading is kind of like a word-for-word -word kind of translation. Because, you know, with languages, if you speak more than one language, um, like I speak Yoruba and English, right? And a little bit of French. Enough French to say bonjour. Anyways, <laughs> if you speak more than one language, you would understand that it's sometimes um, difficult, if not impossible, to do a word-for-word -word translation and have it make sense in another language, right? But this kind of word-for-word -word translation is going to give us the kind of clues and answers that we need for this purpose. Okay, so Genesis 1.27, if they're going to do like a word-for-word -word kind of translation from the Hebrew, it literally says, and created God, man, in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So I know that kind of sounds almost like pidgin English or some, it, it kind of sounds weird, right? But, you know, I already, that's why I explained how the word for word translation thing can sound funny. But the point I'm trying to bring out of this is that you would notice that the word aim wasn't in that verse. So like in your King James, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But in the Hebrew, it just says, um, and created God man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That was kind of interesting. And, you know, when I was studying this, I almost wanted to shout. <laughs> it was kind of like a discovery for me. Because when you believe something and people try to twist the word of God on its head and you don't really, because you haven't done an in-depth study, you don't really have a strong argument. And then you see it in scriptures and you're like, yeah, this is what the word of God says. And then you start to wonder how do people like this is so straightforward and you just ask yourself the question how do people manage to mess this up like sometimes i know that sometimes to um the word of god might seem kind of coded but honestly a lot of times with the help of the holy spirit is it's not really as coded as we think right like if we just ask for wisdom we begin to see things in scripture that we really need to see. Of course, if we have the right heart, right? Okay, anyways, I'm starting to drift off again. <laughs> so it, it's very clear in Genesis 1, 27, 
when it says God created man, it's talking about mankind in general, created in, in his image, and he created them male and female. So that clearly shows you that men are created in the image of God just as much as women are created in the image of God. Now, before you say, well, but we're not talking about men and women in general. We're talking about husbands and wives. Well, let's lay this foundation, right? Wives are typically women, yeah? <laughs> husbands are typically men. So let's lay that foundation first. You know, if men and women are equal before God, then that's a good foundation to build on before we begin to move on to husband and wife. So like I said, it's when we read it in the Hebrew or even if we read it in the English with an open mind, honestly, sometimes you don't need to go check out the Hebrew or the Greek or the whatever. Sometimes when we read some portion of scripture with an open mind and let God breathe upon it, we would see the truth. A lot of times when we read scriptures, we are reading scriptures through the lens of what we've been taught. We're reading scriptures through the lens of what we've been programmed with. So maybe by society, maybe by Sunday school um, or children's um, church for people that grew up in the church or what we've heard our pastors, geos, bishops, you know, fill in the blank, what we've heard them preach. And that can be very misleading. Sometimes it's good to, now, anybody that knows me knows that I don't have anything against pastors. I have a lot of respect for pastors. I, <laughs> um, but I just want people to know that a pastor or whoever's shepherd over you, you know, whatever title they go by, um, they have a responsibility to teach the word, but you have a responsibility to study the word of God for yourself as well. No one is going to have the excuse when you stand face to face with God. No one's going to have the excuse of, well, you know, my pastor just taught me differently. No, the Bible is written in a language that you understand and it's your responsibility to go back and check those things that you either hear from a sermon or from a pastor or from a religious leader, whatever you might have been taught. It's your responsibility to go back into the word of God to see if those things are really what you've been told they are. You know, like the Bible says, um, all right, I can't remember exactly where it says this, but somewhere in the... <laughs> I think it's in the Acts of Apostles. Um, forgive me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but um, where it was said of the Berean Christians, where they were kind of commended for the fact that when they are taught, they go back into the scriptures to check and make sure that the things that they've been taught are really what it is in the scripture. And that's that's the kind of attitude that we should emulate as Christians. All right, I'm done preaching. Let me um, go on with this message. I'm still preaching, actually. <laughs> okay, so like I was saying that um, we've established that when it says God created man in his image, he was referring to mankind in general. And then it says in verse 27 of that Genesis 1, 
that he created them male and female. Okay. Um, let's keep building on that. Also in the New Living Translation, interestingly, I think I'm starting to like that translation. Um, you know, I read Genesis 1.27 in the New Living Translation. And give me a moment. I'm just, I, I want to read that out. Genesis 1.27. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I think that's just beautiful and aligns so well with the Hebrew. Because when I first read this in the New Living Translation, I'm thinking, um, no, let me check another source. I don't know. Maybe this this version of the Bible was written by some feminists. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ladies, um, in such high spirits today i'm not I, I don't even know why i guess it's the joy of the holy spirit anyway so i'm like let me go check elsewhere let me go check the hebrew because this new living translation might have been written by a bunch of feminists but i checked the hebrew and this aligns perfectly with what's in the hebrew god created human beings in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them full stop shikena um, I don't know if anybody still has any sort of arguments after that, um, but I'm going to keep going. So male and female, he created them. My sister, see, do not let anybody give you an identity that is not yours. The Bible says that you are created in God's image. Now, you know, those people that try to confuse us, they're not going to dispute that. They will say, oh, yeah. You know, the woman is created in God's image, but no, forget about the but. The woman is created in God's image and likeness, just as much as the man is created in God's image and likeness. Why do we have to complicate that? Eh, my sisters, why? Why do we have to complicate that? Society tries to put women down. Religion tries to put women down. And I've been asking myself lately, why? Now, some of you might be wondering, what does this have to do with pain in marriage? What does this have to do with abuse? Because in the past few weeks, we've been talking about abuse. But it ties into it beautifully. Because, you know, when a woman, when a wife is being abused by her husband in marriage, there is an underlying belief that that woman is less. That woman is what less than the man. She is like of an inferior quality than the man. So if we're trying to address this, then it goes without saying that we have to look at the root issues as well. A man that believes that a woman is less than him or a husband that believes that his wife is less than him can never really treat his wife the way Christ wants husbands to treat their wives. He cannot. It's not going to happen. I do not care if the man is a bishop, general overseer, pastor, whatever um, title he goes by. If he doesn't align with this belief in his heart that Men and women are equal before God. Husbands and wives are equal before God. 
he can know all the theory of how a man is supposed to treat his wife, but he doesn't, he, he wouldn't really have the ability to do so because he has the wrong programming. Let me just put it that way. He has the wrong programming. So it doesn't matter what is being taught. It doesn't matter if he goes for some men's conference somewhere where they're trying to teach him, oh, this is how a husband is supposed to treat his wife. If you do not address the underlying beliefs, you're just going to be going around in circles. And that is why I am, you know, doing this series. This is going to be serious because... Honestly, this topic is kind of loaded. It's not something that we're going to unpack in this single episode. But I think this episode serves as a pretty good um, foundation for uh, what we're going to be looking at in in the next few episodes. I don't know if it's going to be be just a two-part series or a three-part series. We'll see how it goes. But I'm having fun studying this topic and I'm... I'm, I'm I'm having a lot of fun taking you through the scriptures, um, and I hope that you are too. Um, I don't want this episode to be too long, (laughs) so um, we're going to be continuing from this point next week, still talking about is the husband superior to his wife, and we're searching the scriptures for answers. Um, So until I come your way next week for the next episode or next part, I should say, in this series, be careful for nothing. Um, Go to God in prayer. Put your burdens on Jesus. Let him um, bear your burdens for you. Okay. All right. Thanks for tuning in. And I will... um, I don't know, whenever I get to the end of this episode, I just never have the right words to say. Like, I don't sound like a professional. Anyways, I will see you next week. Please join me for next week's episode where we continue on this topic. Stay blessed. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.